What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Gold Podcast. This is episode 41. My name is Christian Brady from Foxborough, Massachusetts, almost said Foxborough, South Carolina. That's <laughs> Matt Tiart still in Clemson, South Carolina, and he hasn't cleaned his room yet. What's up? Still haven't decluttered. Nope. Uh, yeah. We're leaving today, right? Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. We have a gas crisis in the South. I don't know if yeah. y'all have heard. So, how is do you have gas up there? Yeah, I haven't noticed any issues. So it's just the South that's losing their mind. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. Um, episode forty-one just so happens to be the same amount of goals that Austin Matthews has. So yeah. that that'll be our tie as of today. Place the night. So we'll see if he adds to the total. Oh, yeah. Well, let's see if he can get nine goals. So you can get 50. Yeah, so you can get 50 and 50. <laughs> oh, not even, but. All right. Um, you want to start us off? Yeah, we might as well. A memorial signing, I guess you'll say, a landmark signing. Luke Henman becomes the first player signed by the Seattle Kraken organization. That's cool for him. Uh, but, Matt, I remember the first player signed by the Golden Knights. I don't remember his name, which, like, Tells you how important the signing is, which is not at all. Yeah, he's going to get a plaque in his room. Right. Um, but he, I cool. doubt he ever sees NHL ice. So I doubt it too. They must see something in him. So maybe they, maybe he will. Obviously, there's only one other example like this. I mean, he's but, from the what? The QWNBC CBS HL. Yeah, exactly. I think he played in Quebec. Yeah. For so it's, it's like the. It's like the QWJHL. QMJHL, like yeah. Yeah. Um, whatever. Good for, I mean, good for him, good for Seattle. But yeah, good for the organization. Again, I don't, I don't see him being the first line center for this team. It's, it's a weird time because they just, we talked about last episode on that day, they actually officially finished the process of becoming an NHL team. And it's a weird timing because at that point, there's nothing to choose from. Like you're, you're choosing from the guys who have passed their draft years in the CHL, but are like, you know, most guys in, in junior hockey are drafted. So you're just picking from the guys who aren't drafted and who are past their years. So, yeah. It, and also it's May. So it's like all those guys are still playing and like, it's just a weird time to, like be looking for your first players it's not really like an optimum time to pick nhl players so i wonder if they it's kind of weird like do they like the kid enough that he could be like um like a face for charity or something like but by being the first draft pick like do they assume that he's not gonna be a star player but he could be like a good pr move like they're yeah. essentially giving him a job. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but it's also just like they could pick anybody. It's just the first player they're signing. You know, they were going to yeah. do it this week, I'm sure. So, like, that is the story itself. It doesn't really matter who the kid is. Well, I'm getting a Luke Henman jersey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Me and his parents will probably be the only people exactly, that ever yeah. get a Luke Henman yeah. jersey. Well, that oh. was like when the Patriots drafted Brady in the sixth round, and my dad was like, I'm getting a jersey. I don't care our last name everyone's like the kid's not even gonna make the team my dad knew though my dad was like what he are you knew. talking about he's gonna win seven championships that's exactly <laughs> what he said it was weird actually that's crazy kevin shout out <laughs> um, all right 
I want to touch on this and then we'll get back to it at the end of the episode. Yep. Uh, the Avalanche can win the West Division if they win tonight and win the President's Trophy. Um, this might be the first time ever that the President's Trophy is going to go to a team that wins their last game and mm-hmm. also would be tied with someone else. Like the President's Trophy is going to be decided on a tiebreaker if the Avs win tonight. Um, is that how it works or do they split it? No, I, I mean, I guess they would split the quote-unquote President's Trophy because they're tied in points, but, like, the tiebreaker goes to the Avs. And here's how I'll break it down for you. So, the tiebreaker, they would if they win tonight, they would be tied with 82 points. And the tiebreakers go as followed. Fewer number of games, they would both have set 56, so that's null and void. The second tiebreaker is the greater number of games won in regulation. Um. Colorado has 34 right now and Vegas is 30. So that there's the tiebreaker. Um, the third tiebreaker is number of games in regulation and overtime, which would go to Vegas, but doesn't matter. It's already decided by the second tiebreaker. Right. So yeah, Colorado. So Vegas wins last night, six, nothing over San Jose to say like, look, we're winning the yeah. president's trophy. It's ours. Colorado comes out, wins six, nothing. Same exact score against LA. So they play LA again tonight. I would think Colorado would take care of LA to win the president's trophy. And Um, Vegas is wrapped up already. Vegas is wrapped up. So Vegas is hoping that LA can play spoiler the way the abs are playing. Yeah. We'll have to watch it. I mean, this is stuff of legend. The last game of the season comes down to, who you play in the playoffs and the president's trophy. I mean, do the abs say we don't want the curse and just blow the game tonight? Or? Interesting. So if they lose, that's their, uh, that's their if they lose to the second seed and we meant to, but do you want the division, you know, in a year like this? I mean, it means a lot for a city. Cause you're likely playing Vegas in the second round. You're going to want to be at home. Yep. For that extra game. So, yeah. I mean, a lot is on the line. LA could, Play spoiler. This is a big game. Yeah, Colorado's won four in a row, so they're right now they're the hottest team. Uh, uh, yep, the second hottest team in hockey behind Florida. So yeah, Florida's rolling right now. They just beat Tampa like five one twice. Yep, and that's who they're playing in the playoffs. So yeah, that's a mental. We'll get to that right. later, but yeah, that's the storyline. If the Avs win tonight, they're the President's Trophy winner, and also they win the Honda West Division. Yeah. Okay, let's get into some coaching news, or I guess front office news. The Rangers have burned down the front office. They fired President John Davidson, GM Jeff Gordon, brought in GM Chris Jury, who fired David Quinn and his entire staff, except for one guy. Um, So – David Quinn joins Rick Tockett in Arizona and John Tortorella in Columbus as the leading contenders for the Seattle Kraken job. Hmm. It's got to be like that. I'd like to see Tortorella. I honestly think that's who is going to end up going there. No, it's going to go to Gerard Gallant because he went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. What is he doing right now? He's probably somewhere in Canada just eating at Tim Hortons every day. Jesus, listen to this. (laughs) He's getting Tim Hortons every day. I yeah, don't know. Tim Hortons sponsor us. That's a good one, Matt. 
that is a good one. Also, Jen, shout out to my future sister-in-law, the mother of my nephew, for this sick Yeti. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So my first thought is for the Rangers firing David Quinn, the experiment's over. Um, yep. You can't do the – it doesn't seem like it works to take a successful college coach and bring him up to try to rebuild a team. Um, and, and we're going to see that in the NFL with Urban Meyer. But yeah. he's he's catching some heat signing Tim Tebow as a tight end. But that's for the Beer Money Sports podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see who the Rangers bring in because they have a gold mine of talent. Yeah, and we've both been saying for two years now that they're a year away from being really good. It's not even now. They're ready to be a playoff team, and they just didn't put it together this year. And it is disappointing because they should have. And they did in some game. They yeah. they were up nine to one on the Flyers in the second period. Like that's the team that could win a cup. And then the next game they lose to the worst team in hockey, the Buffalo right. Sabres. So like, it, and it, it did doesn't get make a tough any draw. sense. They did get a tough draw because less than a month into the season, you looked at the East Division and said, okay, these are the four teams that are going to make the playoffs. Save Philly, because um, Philly was up there in the front. And yeah. Pittsburgh was on the outside looking in, but it kind of seemed like of the five of those five teams, four teams would make the playoffs and the other three didn't really have a chance. But it was kind of, it's kind of like golf where like you hit three good shots on the front nine and you're like, why can't I put this together? It's like the yeah. Rangers, like they had a stretch of really good games. And two weeks ago when Boston was treading water, three weeks ago before they got Taylor Hall, you could make the argument that the Rangers were going to jump them. Oh, yeah. Um, so it wasn't really that long ago that it, it seemed like the Rangers could squeak in. Right. So I don't know what went wrong because yeah. they have, again, they have a gold mine of talent. Anyway. Yeah, so I expect them to play well next year, especially under a new coach because teams tend to do well under new coaches. Um, so to get to we'll Rick Tockett. Uh, I'll be in Arizona if you guys want to hire me. So true, yeah, true. <laughs> You're fully qualified too. So yeah, it's you, um, David Quinn, and John Tortorella interviewing for that job. And I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't pick you. I mean, did I get fired? No, you didn't. Never. So no there's all you need to know. No okay. Um, Connor McDavid has locked up the Art Ross Trophy for the leading scorer. Shocker. Matthews wins the win will win the Rocket Richard, which is the the goal scorer of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I did out the math for an 82 game pace; would have been 155 points for McDavid and 61 goals for Matthews. So that's unreal. not that it's a normal year for Matthews, but I'll talk about that one first because it's the less ridiculous of them. 61 typically wins; it's usually like 58 or something like that. I think 58 is what Pasta and Ovechkin won it. 49, last. I think, is what they had. But it was also a shortened season yeah, because of COVID. Right. Yeah, they missed 12 games or whatever on the end. But 155 points would be the most in the last while. Yeah, in a game where it's harder to score. Um, I don't understand how he does it. Dude, we talk about him every episode. And, again, the, our six listeners are probably like, shut up about McDavid. But – if you put this guy in any era of hockey, he's the greatest player that's ever lived. Um, mm -hmm. So he's just got to sustain it for 15 more years, which is the craziest part about Gretzky's career is that he 
did it for 24 years. So, yeah, Gretzky has 15 100-point seasons. I think McDavid has 100 points in every season he's played so far because he won the hardest second year. I mean, the kid might start breaking Gretzky records. Like, he's not going to break the goal or assist record, but you're talking about what he's doing at a level that no one else is doing it in a shortened seat. 100 points in 56 games? I mean, that's absurd. If Okay, so if it did happen to work out and the pace held up and he got 155 points in 82 games, it would have been the most since 95-96 in Mario Lemieux. Yeah. And it would be in the top one. It'd be one of the top 10 seasons of all time. That's 25 years ago. I mean, hockey was totally different back then. Yeah. The kid, I mean, generational doesn't, it doesn't even cover what this kid is. And let's, Gretzky had 200 points three seasons in a row. And the season before that streak, he had 196. And before that, he had 212. So he had 200 points in four. Four out of five years, and the one that he missed, he had 196. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gretzky's obviously on another level, but what, McDavid is our Gretzky. Like, yeah. at some point, we have to give him eight hearts in a row if he keeps doing this. Like, we gave it to Dryset. The, the heart was given to Dryset last year because he had the most points. But we even said when it was given to Dryset, the argument can still be made for McDavid to win the we, heart again. We said everyone knows who – it was the, the Trevor Lawrence-Heisman argument. It was like, sure, someone had a better season. But who was the best player in the NHL this year? It's not even close. It was Connor McDavid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the craziest part of all of this is that he won the Art Ross three weeks ago because – the guy in second is Dreisaitl, who's his teammate at 83. And Marshan's third with 69. He has 40 more points than, than the third the, guy. Than the third guy, <laughs> the next guy who's not on his team. And by the way, watching Marshan, there are times where I'm like, how can anybody be better than him? And then I'll wait to watch the late games, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's not even close. Yeah, uh, they showed McDavid's, like, points in the last 10 games. And it was like four points, four points, four points, three points, zero points, four points, three points. It's like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. And I get it. Look, they're playing all Canadian teams. It's like a different whatever. 104 points in 56 games. I couldn't do that against 10-year-olds. No. Yeah, so, it doesn't matter. If you're playing NHL teams, it's, it's ridiculously impressive. Yes. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see playoff McDavid because last year we didn't really – they lost to the Blackhawks. Yeah. We didn't really get to see what he's capable of. Um, plus, with people in the, the stands, it's going to be a little different. So, Well, not up there. <clears throat> we'll oh, see that's true. If they make the conference finals, then he'll be playing in front of fans. Yeah. Maybe because we don't even know if they're going to be able to go outside Canada. But something tells me the Canadian government will make an exception for hockey. Yeah, if a Canadian team is – I mean, it has to be a Canadian team in the Final Four, so – which will be, like, the first time since the 90s. Well, since <laughs> Vancouver. Good for, good for Canada. They get to be – they get to be handed their first – Yeah. Final trip since 2011. Which is sad. 
But anyway, okay. um, Jack Eichel, another league star, said that there's a disconnect between him and the organization. He has not officially requested a trade, but something tells me he's out of town before they start. Buffalo has no point in paying him. They're years away from playing well after his contract will expire. There's no point in paying him. Neither, neither side gets anything out of it. I think he's gone by puck drop next season. Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's gone. Um, this That's is... kind of wishful thinking on our part because I know we both want him gone, but I really don't see any point in Buffalo keeping his contract. They're paying him $9 million a year to play 23 minutes a night on the worst team in hockey. They're not getting out of it either, except for wasting $8 million. Yeah, they need to – I mean, they could get a franchise for him uh, and rebuild. I mean, it's going to take them three years to get back yeah. to playing good hockey. Uh-huh. So, this is like the Aaron Rodgers of the NHL right now. He doesn't want to play – he doesn't want to be there. It'd be better for everyone if he left. Yeah, um, that's a good example. So, yeah, and – if you're just a fan of hockey, you want to see him leave that dumpster fire that is Buffalo. It's weird to me that Buffalo isn't on the list of co- like coaches being fired. Yeah, they, well, they he need fire early in the season, so we don't know if the we'll fire this guy. Around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they need to pull <laughs> the Rangers and just fire everyone. I mean, they just yeah, need they to really move their. Right. They need to move. Um. Anyway. Yeah, that's all I got on Eichel because I, I could go on a 20-minute rant about how he deserves the world and he's given yeah. a bag of crap. Yep, me too. All right, that does it for news. Let's get into the playoffs. Um, we're actually going to start at the bottom here because there's one division that has not yet been. Um, yeah, we'll go bottom up obvious, for obvious reasons. Yes. There's one division that has not yet been determined. The number three and four seeds in the West will be Minnesota and St. Louis, respectively, Minnesota, number three. Uh, and they will each take on either Vegas or Colorado, depending on what Colorado does tonight. As it stands, Vegas is in first and the Az are in second. Again, we talked about it before, but if the Az win tonight, they take first place and they will play St. Louis in the first round. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume the Az will win tonight. I know it's a dangerous assumption, but they're playing the Kings. Um in a game where, that they have to win. So I'm going to say they win, and I'm going to assume the Az play the Blues. Um, I guess we'll just go ahead with picks, Matt. Although, Might as well. I think we're both going to pick the same thing. It doesn't matter who wins tonight. Vegas and Avs are going to move. Dude, this, it's a guarantee. Who cares uh-huh. who wins tonight? It's Vegas Avs, and that's going to be an electric series. Yeah. Unless St. Louis. I mean, Minnesota's playing well, but it's – it's different. Vegas. This is, this is the most split division. It's not even close. There are two teams who deserve to be, who are two of the top three teams in the league. Then the three and four seeds are like maybe the 10th and 11th best teams in the league. Yeah. I mean, St. Louis has 61 points and the top two teams in the division are fighting for the president. Trophy. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not close. It's going to be Vegas abs. I'd, I'd be willing to put a lot of money on that. Um, I would honestly think if you parlayed, Vegas and the Avs winning their respective series, it would still be minus money. Yeah, probably you're right. Do you have written somewhere where we picked our playoff picks? Because I, I picked 
I picked Buffalo to make the playoffs, and this yeah, is the did. episode to just roast yeah. ourselves. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull them up after we do all these picks, and we'll, we'll have a good laugh. Okay. <laughs> but, okay, let's move into the North Division. Hey, excuse me, the Scotia North Division. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How right. dare you respect the sponsors? Okay. First, the number two seed Edmonton Oilers will play the number three Winnipeg Jets. I expect this to be a good series because Connor Hellebuck is unstoppable in the playoffs. We're going to see barrages, 40 to 20 shot games that Winnipeg somehow wins on, you know, two to one. Uh, because Hellebuck just steals games left and right. I do think Edmonton still wins the series, though. I think how many games? Seven. I think Talk about Edmonton Winnipeg game seven. That would be. I mean, yeah. gosh, they need no to. Fans. Canada needs to. Canada needs to lighten up and let fans in the stands. Uh, well, especially like, just let them go to the stadium. They're not. They're on lockdown right now. So have them be like, okay, you can leave the house for one thing. They're going to make everybody happy by saying this. You can only leave the house for one thing. It's either to go to someone's house to watch the games or to go to the games. I mean, they need what they need to do is uh, say hockey is essential travel, and that yeah. way people can leave the house because in Canada it is. Um, I want to add in this note: Winnipeg Oilers played nine times this season. Oilers seven and two. So. Um, the Oilers like dominating that series in the regular. Yeah, I got the Oilers winning. I think McDavid, he's so hot right now, he uh, has to keep this going. Yep. If they get any um, power plays, if Win- if Winnipeg commits one penalty a game, that's the that's the that's series. The series. Yeah. Um, I got Edmonton. I got Edmonton in six. Okay. I think Hellybuck is good enough to win two, to steal two. Agreed. But agreed. To hold it for four games is a tough ask against the top two leading scorers in back-to-back seasons. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on to the other two teams in the North division. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. That's the number four, the number one versus the number four. I have a hard time believing Montreal pulls this off to be honest with you, though Toronto is not historically good in the playoffs. I don't see any situation in which they lose in the first round here. Yeah, it's hard to pick against – or it's hard to pick for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round, but they're not playing the Bruins. They're playing teams that they've dominated all season. Um, the Maple Leafs are 7-2, and two, and they're nine games against Montreal. But you cannot count out Carey Price. He was so good in the bubble last year. Um, he's so – I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think, again, I think it's the same situation. I think Carey Price steals some games, but Toronto, they're just, they have so much firepower. Um, I think Toronto wins it in seven. All right. A game seven Toronto. between these Toronto teams would be. Five. Damn. Yeah. So you say Hellybuck steals games and then you don't give it to one of the greatest goalies ever. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, he steals one game. Well, knowing how Toronto's first line produces in the playoffs, uh, the Canadians are going to sweep. So, All right. You want to go ahead and introduce the next series, Matt? Yeah, I will. The 
What division are we in? The Discover NHL Central Division. Uh, two versus three. We got Florida versus Tampa. Um, the Panthers have won five out of the eight against Tampa. I mean, two months ago, Tampa was the best team in hockey, and it wasn't even close. And now they're the three seed in a division that is is pretty tight. Um, it's hard to pick against Tampa in the playoffs, though, especially the run they've been on the past several years and to just win the cup last year in dominating fashion. Um, I got Tampa in six. Yeah. God, it's so hard because Tampa has reinforcements coming back too. But how do you pick against Florida right now? I think Dude. Florida. I think Florida wants it enough. I think it's time for Tampa Bay to be dethroned. Yeah, but they get Florida. They get Kucherov and Stamkos back. I mean, yeah, I even if they're ninety percent, they're the best line in hockey. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to go with the team that's playing better right now. It's Florida. I think it's time for Tampa to be dethroned. All right, fair enough. I'm going to say Florida in seven. Okay. Yeah, see, if it goes seven games, though, I, you'd have to think Kucherov and Stamkos have found their rhythm. Right, and their friend. Um, yeah. All right, the next matchup in the Discover NHL Central Division is the number one Carolina Hurricanes versus the number four Nashville Predators. Um, at the beginning of the season, I don't think I picked the Preds to make the playoffs. The crazy thing is Dallas not making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that's a storyline I want to uh-huh. at least touch on. I think uh, I actually picked – I think I predicted that. One of us did. So, the it's Hurricanes have dominated – Yeah. The Hurricanes have dominated this regular season series. Uh, they're 6-2 and two against the Preds. I think they have no problem getting through the Preds. Agreed. Um, they're playing so well right now, which is, again, it's awesome for that – city and Raleigh, especially this year because Duke and UNC both laid an egg this year in basketball. That's a college basketball town. So uh, I think Carolina handles business. They win in five. Okay. I think Nashville gives them a little more of a fight, or I should say Smashville, their playoff alter ego. I have to assume that both of these places have a significant amount of fans in the building, which should make it a fun series. I'm going to have this going seven, but I'm going to pick Carolina. Okay. All right, the division that everybody, and by everybody, I mean our six listeners, are all invested in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, Let's start with the first one. Let's start with yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The Mass Mutual NHL East Division. We have the – and I'm going to throw up in my mouth saying this. The division-winning Pittsburgh Penguins versus the four-seed New York Islanders. Um so the Caps have been dethroned as the five-time reigning division yeah. champs. Um, oh well. Although they it's kind of ha- like they picked the best of the Metro and the Atlantic and put it in one division. Yeah, I mean we had it near the end, but again, I'd rather take a cup than a division title. Yeah. <laughs> so the Penguins are six and two in this series. The Isles looked dominant to start the season. And they've cooled off like yep. dramatically. Significantly, yeah. Um, I got the Penguins in five. Okay. 
I am so tempted, and I think I'm going to do it, to pick against the Penguins. Only because of reverse psychology. Last year, they um, – dude, I don't remember the team. The Islanders. It's early. It's early. It's 11.42, but it's early for me. I just woke up. The Islanders were really hot last year going to the playoffs. And after being really – no, they were really cold, and then it hit, and they COVID were bad hit. in the playoffs. Yeah. COVID hit. I think they've been waiting for this opportunity to actually play in the playoffs. Um, spin zone, they were just resting this last few weeks. I knew they were in the playoffs. They were just waiting because um, they wanted the Penguins, and that's why they got the fourth seed. I'm going to pick the Islanders, and I don't really know why, but I'm going to do it. I Dude, they made the, the they made the conference finals last year. They're going to win it in six. The Pens lost to Montreal in the first round last year. Yeah, Remember, yeah. they lost to the 12 seed, and the Isles dominated the Caps um, in the first round. I lost money on that series, but yeah, I think Pittsburgh's pissed that they lost last year to the 12 seed. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, but, don't rationalize why you're picking because then you'll second guess. So exactly, I just stay with the eye. Well, no chance we pick the same teams on a, the <laughs> next series. Um, I do want to add this note though. So the series that our families are split on, and it's actually crazy because your entire family is Boston, the number three seed, and my me, Zach, and my dad are Caps, and Nick's a Bruins fan. Yeah, so that Nick's on the all side. Um. We're happy to have you, though, Nick. Yeah. he. I mean, he was a Joe Thornton fan, like, late 90s. So, anyway, so the number two Caps, number three Bruins, we knew this would happen. Our friendship is on the line. Um, the note I want to add in, though, is that every other series, other than the Florida-Tampa series, has been dominant regular season. Mm. Florida-Tampa, Florida beat Tampa five out of the eight. Every other series is like seven, seven and two, seven and one, six and two. Caps Bruins split. Yeah, the eight they play four and four. This game is going seven games, mm-hmm. or this series is going seven games. Game seven overtime. We're gonna sign Joel Ward to a one day contract. <laughs> Caps win in seven. And as much as I'd like to say, Matt, that the Bruins are four two and two, and the Caps are four and four. It doesn't matter in the playoffs anymore whether you're one in regulation or overtime. It's not three on three. No, it's not. Because to me, y'all's three in Marshan, it's probably Marshan, Pasta, and McAvoy. I mean, that's like unfair. Because well, no, there's... you guys won the two games in overtime. We all we won all four in regulation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. It's five on five. Um, five on five the whole time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We know who you're picking. We know who I'm picking, but I got the caps in seven. Seven, all right. I'm going to go seven, too. Because if we still had Braden Holpe, I would say caps in five. Uh-huh. Like, the, he, he's been the X factor of why we've been so good against the Bruins. Well, it could be Trotz, too, because the Islanders have had our numbers since Trotz joined the Islanders. That's so true. It could have been him as well. Um, I'm a little nervous about – so I think the secondary scoring advantage goes to us. However, I think Taylor Hall has closed that gap dramatically. Yeah. Whereas The top six is definitely 
free Taylor Hall, I think you guys yeah. take the first line. We take the rest. Mm-hmm. Now with Taylor Hall, it's a little bit closer. Um, and goaltending, I give you guys the advantage by a mile. So probably, yeah. It's gonna. I have. I. The only thing that would surprise me in this series is if it's not the best series in the playoffs. Yeah. It just seems like it's the most even one going in. Maybe Vegas and the Avs in the next series. But as far as the first round goes, I don't see any other series coming close to this. I think this might be the best series in all of the playoffs. Right. Um, Again, other than Kyle. I think, to me, and it's tough saying this because I want the Caps to win the Cup, the way the season has gone, I mean, Toronto looked dominant, but one, it's against different type of teams, um, and they choke in the playoffs always. The winner of the Avs Vegas second round to me is winning the cup. Um, it, it like that's seem like that, that's yeah. the Stanley Cup. But anytime anyone's ever said that, Vegas is going to get swept in the first round, and everything's going to be tossed out the window. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, though. Like, I just have like gut feelings, you know, about like you look at these teams, and regardless of records, which one do you actually think could win the cup? I'm looking at Tampa, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Caps, Bruins. That's who I think can actually has a, has a chance to win if they go far enough. Because those are the teams with the experience who've been in the playoffs consistently in the past few years and have won in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know, but that's just – like if you showed me this list without telling me what happened in the regular season, that's who I'm picking. And that's look, where my gut goes. Here's, here's where the dynamic is. And I want to throw this out because it's so, so important. Once you get to the final four, it's reseeded. Yeah. So theoretically, if the Avs in, the, in Vegas are in the second round, like that's the favorite, they're tied in points which means not only are they playing to continue in the playoffs, the winner of that series automatically gets the one seed and home ice advantage through the, the Stanley Cup yeah. finals. Um, and again, another thing to mention is that every team in this, div- like in the split divisions has had playoff success, Vegas, Stanley Cup final, Colorado, Western conference finals last year, St. Louis won the cup the year before. Let's go to the central. Nashville Preds, five years ago, Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa Bay won the Cup last year. Carolina, Eastern Conference Finals several years ago. Caps won the Cup. Bruins, Cup Final. Penguins, back-to-back Cups. Isles, Eastern Conference Finals. And then you got the Canadian Vision Division, who hasn't had success since 2011. Like, that's – you're saying teams yeah. that have have that have the pedigree to go all the way. That's three divisions of teams full that have the pedigree. And then the Canadian Division. <laughs> but All right, I got one Canadian team. Gonna be our playoff picks up here. You want to hear them? Let's do it. Let's embarrass ourselves. Okay, we'll start. We'll go in the same order that we just went. We'll start in this, the Scotia North Division. You pick the Flames, the Canucks, the Oilers, and the Canadians. Two. <laughs> yep. I pick the Canucks, Oilers, Leafs, Jets. So I got three out of four in that division. Damn. Yeah, I left the Leafs out, and they dominated the division. Yeah. And it was, since game one, everyone knew it was going <laughs> to 
<laughs> well, to me, my reasoning was the top line was garbage. And I was like, they need to score goals. And they led the league in scoring. I mean, scoring goals. All right, we struggled in this next one, Matt. The Central Division, you picked Carolina, Dallas. Where's the other one? Tampa and the Blue Jackets. We both picked the Blue Jackets. Okay, so 50%. Yep, so I had Columbus, Chicago, Florida, Tampa. So I had 50 as well. The West Division. Vegas adds. Got them all right. Honestly, we got them all right. Did we? No, we both picked Arizona in the wild. Instead of Minnesota. Uh Yeah, Minnesota was a wild card. I mean, they surprised a lot of people. So 75% there. Okay, the East Division. This is where you blundered. Yep. You picked the Bruins, Sabres, Rangers, Capitals. I picked the Bruins, Flyers, Penguins, Capitals. So I switched the Flyers in the, the island. You remember because I I remember it like it was yesterday. I wanted to pick two New York teams. And yeah. you wanted to pick two Pennsylvania teams. So that's why you went Penns, Flyers. I went right. Rangers, Sabres. Yep. Okay. We well, suck. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. Hey, we got that Honda West division. Though, that's right. Other than the Wild. All right, um, Caps Bruins. It's the first series that starts Saturday night, which is crazy because if you look up NHL schedule, NHL playoff schedule, only the Caps Bruins series has a date. Everything else is like up in the air. Well, Matt, news. ESPN slash ABC have hired Brian Boucher and Ray Ferrara for their crews next year. I think I. I love – we talk about all the time. I love Brian Boucher yeah, in between too. the glass. He's great in that role. But Ray Ferraro is underrated. I agree. He's a great role as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I love Olchek too, I kind of hope they shy away from him. I'm starting to get sick of that guy. So I've seen everywhere that – so TNT and ESPN have the NHL split until split. 2028. Yeah. TNT and – ESPN are in a bidding war for Gretzky as an analyst. Oh, um, come on. And I, Let's go. So the number I've heard is that he won't take less than $5 million. And it's kind of weird because you have this, like, we talk about him all the time. He's the greatest of all time, but it, that's not even, like, worthy. Like, he's the yeah. greatest of all time by far. Like, he's a guy. He's a hockey guy. Yeah, right. But he's, like, stayed away from the sport, which is kind of, like, he does not. Because he stepped into coaching immediately in Arizona, and he was bad. And since then, he has not touched hockey forever. Yeah, and it's weird. He's a golf like, guy now. I know, but like MJ <laughs> is, he is hands on. I mean, he's an owner of Charlotte. He's, yep. he's, um. So it's it's kind of weird that he would say like, "Look, I need to be paid big bucks to come back yeah. to hot." Like, just come back. Like everybody wants you back. Um. So anyway, if one of those networks get Gretzky, ratings are going to go. It's wrapped. It's going to, yeah. So, and I'm hoping. So TBS has the brunt of the regular season games. They have kind of like an NBA sort of schedule where they have like 30 or 40 exclusive NHL games, which sounds like two nights a week. It's going to be like, you know how they do Wednesday Night Rivalry? 
Yeah. Sounds like it'll be like a Tuesday, Friday deal where it's just CBS, which I'm okay with. I mean, if they get the right people, which it sounds like they are. Um, and it's another thing, because there's not a lot, there's not a ton of people to go around, which is shown by NBC this year who have been borrowing from teams. Like whenever Vegas plays, Dave Gosher, who called, and the only reason I know that is because he used to be the Bruins radio guy. Dave Gosher will go on to NBC and call it. It's not that he's not good. He's great. But it's just kind of like no, but, borrowing so, from the local networks to call. When so I met with go ahead. when I met with John Walton, he said that like he because he calls national televised games. He calls yeah. like seven a year. Right. He said that there's only one full time NBC employee, and that's right. Doc. So that I guess that's always how they've done it. They just pulled from regional networks. Yeah, um, so I guess to call just games says more about NBC than the amount of play-by-play guys there really are to go around but it really doesn't seem like there's a ton i mean Forsberg Forsberg, has been, he's been great but he's going to seattle so we can't yeah. do that yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say foursome was like it seemed like he's he was awesome. the next doc he's been awesome oh he's the man seattle's gonna i mean they're gonna be sold out for the next 20 years yeah but and he disappeared You're and back. i'm back nick was calling me um I mean, he's going to blow away their ratings. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's great. So yeah. But I'm, I'm excited for – for a long time, I've held, like, resentment for ESPN because of their lack of hockey coverage. Well, now they have no choice. I'm excited, <laughs> uh, especially if they can get Gretzky because that means they can get rid of Barry Melrose's bomb ass. He's their only guy. He's their I, only – I am not I like a Barry Melrose. But I am not a fan of Barry Melrose. He cannot be your number one man. I mean, <laughs> imagine they get, get ESPN gets Gretzky and we get a Gretzky morning show. I'm not even saying Gretzky morning show. I'm saying like, imagine Gretzky just going on Scott Van Pelt's midnight yeah, exactly. sports center. It would do 8 million viewers. I want to see, I just want to see Gretzky like, just tell every single player they stink. Just say that every player stinks. He's not going. Like, oh, to, he wouldn't survive that day. He's like, that good of a guy. Yeah, but like, he—if anyone that's ever played the his, in the history of sports has a right to tell someone that they're not good, it's him. Or I just want to hear subtle jabs at anybody who's coming after one of his records. Like Ovechkin would be like, "Here's Alex Ovechkin. Nah, there's no way he ever passes the record. And he's gone." <laughs> Yeah, they like just Connor need to McDavid. go to Connor McDavid, he wouldn't have survived in my day. What a good move by Connor McDavid. I want them to – I want Gretzky to beat Pierre. I No, you're ruining Gretzky by mentioning Pierre anywhere near – No, him. I know. I'm not – I'm saying because <laughs> you can tell players don't like Pierre. Like, no one likes Pierre. No. But put Gretzky in that role. Like, Gretzky's walking into a locker Interviews. room with a mic – could you imagine? I mean, even Crosby would get like starstruck. To, They'd to all see, be like, wanting to do the interviews. Usually, Pierre has to like grab a guy. That's what. Like, that's hey, what I'm saying. This? To see, to see players that millions of people idolize idolize over someone that's interviewing them. I mean, that's worth <laughs> watching. <laughs> I, I think they the could do a lot with Gretzky that would make the game. Yeah, I anything. See, I think I want to see the players so interview Gretzky. Gretzky. I mean, I want to hear Gretzky answer the questions. Don't ask him. 
I mean, even have Gretzky, not, a, not as much as like a color commentator, but like maybe like a Boosh type scenario where he can give his insight because yeah. obviously no one will ever touch his hockey IQ. Nope. Not even close. So anyway, all right. Caps Bruins Saturday night. Go Caps. <laughs> Go Bruins. I'm excited. It's going to be a good series. It's going to be great playoffs. Yeah. If it goes game seven, we'll have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> it won't, though. Bruins All right. Up. We'll see you all, all right. later. Yeah.